On this week's episode, we draw first blood. Does America have a national fish? Did you spot the Uncle Sam cameo in this movie? And what's more important, Rambo the idea or Rambo the man? Find out now, you're listening to 24 Flames Per Second. This is the podcast of Russell Films we love the most. Uh, your host, Rob Spiewak. Yeah. W- welcome to the movie. Uh, hey, everybody. Uh, this is... Uh, as, okay, that was my best... Sylvester <laughs> 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 Stallone. Uh, and we're good. Um, but yeah, everybody, welcome to the show. Uh, this is 20... As if you couldn't understand me before, this is 24 Flames Per Second, the podcast of Russell Films we love the most. I'm your host, Robert Spiewak, and welcome to the show. Um, and uh, yeah, everybody, we're uh, chugging through September. And to celebrate Last Blood coming out this week, we're going back to the beginning and talking about First Blood. So yeah, um, we've got a great panel here today. Um, I don't think, I don't I don't have anything else to say much, really. Um, uh, so yeah, we'll just, we'll just dive right into the show. Uh, across the table from me this week... The Del Mar to my Rambo, it's Quasi Phillips. How's it going, mate? Hi, how you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah? It's been a very busy time, but I'm really excited to be back in the studio. It's been a very there long you go. time. I'm so excited. Yeah. Be back on the panel, not on a panel, hosting. You're around. With you. I'm, I'm in the vicinity of the room, <laughs> <laughs> which is enough for yeah. me. Uh, did you watch the movie this week? I did. Mm-hmm. I did. I had not seen this one. Mm. I hadn't seen this. I saw, I remember I was on a plane and I saw a little bit of the Rambo from 08. And I was like, oh, oh, this is a this is a an icon for some reason. But I didn't, I never seen it, and so that was in my head. And then I watched this movie, and we'll talk about it. But <laughs> I had feelings. Okay, caught feelings. I had certain feelings. John Rambo. Yeah, from John Rambo. Very good. Um, Rambo. Do you have any fun? Well, facts? you know what's great about this is that it's kind of like <clears throat> establishing my love for Sylvester Stallone. It's like okay. a re- renaissance in my head of this person because I remember watching Creed and I was like, okay, this guy there. I, there's a reason why he's this is he's in this in Hollywood and yeah. it's so popular. And like I just he's such a pro, like I didn't realize how prolific of a writer he is of movies too, hmm. and how dedicated he is to actually making these movies properly and making sure that they work in the way that he intends like yeah. with with rocky and he like sh- he like sh- like shot the movie everywhere but he wouldn't yeah he wouldn't do it unless he played it he played rocky mm-hmm. and he fought for it and he made it what it is and for this movie especially he saw it in his head when he was making it and the original cut was three hours long goodness and he he and his agent were like okay you're <laughs> cutting this movie down to an hour and a half <laughs> or we're we're just doing the whole movie again. Like I'm gonna be, make this a pain in your ass, and yeah. he did, and he made it to what it is. This wow. clear cut movie because he had a vision. He wanted those messages to come through, and they did. So from three hours, three and a half hours to hour and a half. Wow, Celeste Stallone, he did it. He's doing it, man. He's, he's bringing <laughs> it back in my head of this. You know, he's he is in Hollywood for a reason, and yeah. I, I respect him a lot. Yeah. And he also makes watches. And he makes the most <laughs> insane watch commercials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and watches. The, the watches, watches are, are 
kind of cool in, yeah, but the well, commercials it's really what it's about when you make a watch you got to make a real stellar commercial <laughs> um well very good yeah um it's also and sorry this movie no, one ahead. more this movie is a cornerstone of ptsd research in all of academia and i oh. know that it must be respected for that interesting yes i didn't know that mm-hmm. wow um great good let's uh move on and uh, start introducing the folks we got on the panel this week what do you say yeah, let's do it. Um, and so, yeah, we'll start with uh, starting with the roasters. To my right, Seattle's one of Seattle's producers of The Moth here in Seattle, and a storyteller in her own right. Find her on Twitter at Casey Rom. Casey Rom. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Uh, good. I found out this week that this movie is not just called Rambo, but First Blood. There so you go. That was my fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they. All, I think first roasting point. What a confusing <laughs> situation. What is this movie? Yeah, um, yeah. It started in two, right? Rambo two was when they were first I blood. Two next so. blood is when they were like next. We need another use, blood. We need to use this name properly. More blood. Second blood. <laughs> um, but yeah, very good. Good. To, good to have you here. Uh, Thank thanks you. for being here. Okay. Uh, next to her, actor and producer. You can find her work on social media. At Hello Earth Productions. Chris Pepper Hambrick. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Great. How are you? Good. Thanks we for being here. We already covered that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still. Uh, I took still a, good? I took a big nose. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm good. I'm good. But yeah, thank you for being here. Thanks Let's, for having uh, me. Get over to the defense now. On the defense this week, musician and VHS collector. Find him and his music on social media under the name Rob Joins. Rob Joins. Hi. Hi. So as everyone here knows, behind the scenes, <laughs> I am like 45 minutes late. I got a call from Robert about 25 minutes ago. He was like, hey, man, where are you at? I was like, uh, that's today. <laughs> so I hopped in my car. I drove from South Park to Fremont in yes. 20 minutes flat. Nice. And uh, I am completely unprepared. I have no notes. You can do it. At the same well, time, I believe it's a ploy because none of us have had dinner so you just been just waiting, <laughs> oh, really? yep, you yeah, know. Yeah. So now we're all hungry. Theories, yeah, uh, exactly. So this is gonna be an interesting show yeah. all around. There's yeah. gonna be some hanger thrown. Some emotions, you. yeah. Right, right. A little bit oh, of desperation, a little bit of heat. But <laughs> you got this, man. Um, but yeah, thank you for being here. Um, and you know how it goes. First things first, we'll do movie in a minute. Give us the full plot synopsis of First Blood. Spoilers and all. We'll give you sixty seconds and a three count. Are you ready? I am well, so I, I pride myself on my movies in a minute. Anyone who's heard me on the on the podcast before knows that like I hold the record for like the most amount. Well, I, I did at one time. You have the most wins. Yeah, most wins up until you I got to keep those stats. And uh, and this is going to be one for the books. We'll see. Okay, okay. <laughs> Not ready at all. Let's do it. You can do it. Um, we believe in you. Uh, okay, so yeah, here we go. In three, two, one, go. Uh, John Rambo is a Vietnam vet, and after, I think, like eight years of being back in the States, he finds out that his comrade has died, and he's he rolls into um, the small fictional town of Hope, Washington, uh, and he's instantly harassed by the sheriff of the town, who sees him as just, like, no, a, a no-good vagrant, and tries to drive him through the town to the other side so that he can, you know, move move on. Uh, but he defiantly turns back, walks back into the town. The sheriff uh, arrests him, and um, he's brought into the station where he is uh, 
where he basically like has flashbacks to the war and he snaps and he fights his way out uh, and runs into the forest and um, after a, after like a manhunt, uh, this this colonel Colonel Troutman shows up and is basically like, "Don't you know?" And you're at it. Oh, really? Dang. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, I was I was well, curious if you were gonna get to Troutman. Uh, so. yeah. You got there. Yeah, I mean, basically beyond that, like he basically yeah, we find there. out he's a Green Beret and he massacres everyone. This is true. <laughs> um, he hijacks some cars, uh, he blows up half the town, <laughs> um, and eventually they get Troutman in the room with him, and he has a huge breakdown about how he, he wasn't doing anything, and they were taking advantage of him, and he didn't mean any of it, and they uh, take him into custody, and that's kind of the end of the movie. The credits roll while he's walking through the lineup of police yeah. with the colonel. Um, and that's it. That's the movie. Fun fact. Hmm? I don't know. Samuel Troutman, named after Uncle Sam. So oh. Uncle Sam made Rambo. It's is the whole point role. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Sam's last name is Troutman. <laughs> yes. Sam yeah. Troutman. Yes. Uncle Sam. Uncle Troutman. Sam Troutman. <laughs> the national okay. fish of America. Uh, Very American. Uh, Do we have a national fish? Who fucking cares? I think it's, <laughs> we have a state fish. I think it's I tilapia. That. I'm not entirely sure. It That's count. not right. I know it's, it's not. not <laughs> I completely made that up. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that'll, um, that's moving in a minute. So, uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, Rob, will get your opening statements while you're here defending First Blood. So we will be right back. And we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We're talking First Blood. Rob, uh, made it most of the way through movie in a minute before he got cut off. And so now let's get your opening statements. Uh, why are you here defending First Blood? Um, it's, this, is a, this is a gut one for me. Like, I just enjoy this movie, and uh, I, I like action movies, and I feel like it's pretty... It, it doesn't waste a lot of time with setup before it gets right into just a bunch of, like, uh, deaths and, like, you know... Uh, a bunch of badassery, if you will, from from Rambo. Um, obviously, this is an iconic character. I don't really care for any of the other Rambo movies, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but this one, I think, is a standalone, uh, well-shot movie. A little bit of uh, local local pride too, because mm. it is mm-hmm. you know takes place in Central Washington or South South. It's like, it's like Southwestern. Yeah, yeah. So I um, five corridor. It's a cool <laughs> flick. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, Roasters. Why don't we start with the characters? What do we think? Um. Well, considering I thought the name of the movie was Rambo, we sure spent a lot of time with people that are not Rambo, um, including <laughs> seemingly never-ending conversations between the sheriff and Troutman at the bar that I, frankly, sort of zoned out on because I was just like. Where's Rambo? When are we getting to the action part of this action movie? Um, so I definitely had some problems with that and just who we spent more time with. And I actually had heard the fact about um, Sylvester Stallone wanting to cut the movie down and mostly what he cut were scenes with himself. So I thought that was interesting. Like, how how bad was it before? And is that why we don't spend any time with him? So... Yeah, ultimately, the characters just kind of fell a little flat for me. There's also one speaking woman in the entire movie, so 
just another. Yeah, so no Bechtel tests. <laughs> yeah, no. There is definitely no a, a female problem in this movie. Um, I, I think that, yeah, there's a problem when the central character is alone for the majority of the movie. You don't get any of, um, you know, there's no one for him to talk to. So any mm-hmm. scene with Rambo is, by necessity, pretty quiet. Um, and so it's really hard to get a bead on uh, the characters when... Um, mostly you're seeing him alone um, and and the cops being kind of bigoted and awful. Um, and I would say that while I believe that this type of thing can and does happen um, and we see evidence of it um, even now, I do think the movie pushed really hard to make Rambo completely blameless and to do that, I felt like they really had to have the cops um, be so single-mindedly provoking him into this thing. Like I said, I know that this type of thing does happen, mm-hmm. but while I was watching it, I felt like it was very, very obvious that the cops were were um, trying to get a certain, were trying to make him go berserk. I don't think in character that's what they were thinking, but it felt very manufactured, the conflict, that they had to just keep pressing him and nobody in this entire situation attempted to defuse it, except for Troutman and kind of Caruso in a really, like, not very... Baby um, David Caruso. Baby David Caruso. Sure. In a not very effective way. So, um, as... Yeah, I mean... I think that we don't necessarily even need to see like a lot of um, in intention and like uh, like even backstory for John Rambo because um, on the whole, this is one one man you know uh, like the writer's interpretation and like kind of commentary on his frustration with uh, the way. Vietnam veterans were received when they returned to the States and it is an exaggeration and it is sensationalist. Um, that being said, I don't think we need, uh, like, I, I don't think they are trying to make Rambo blameless so much as he was designed to become a killing machine. And once you sort of trigger that, once you, push and these you know these vets were um you know or at least the interpretation is that like the, this the guy who wrote it like uh, you know the author of the book or the novel or whatever felt this frustration felt pushed and wanted to emphasize that um and so once once rambo snaps it's not so much like oh they need to find a way to make him like completely blameless it's like it's gonna happen either way like he's gonna go you know he, he's been pushed and you know or whatever i don't know Mm-hmm. Kind, of, kind of ranting now. Regardless, <laughs> regardless of how like I as the viewer feel I at at the end of the movie about Rambo and his character, I feel like there were so many like logical leaps in the actual content and the characters of the movie. Um, I had a really hard time with the fact that these small town police have access to a helicopter. For example, I grew up in a very small town in Washington State, and I guarantee they do not have the budget for that. Yeah. Um, it was the 80s, though. It's probably uh, some more money for <laughs> choppers. Absolutely. Totally false. Um, especially before, like, FBI or military mm-hmm. gets involved. There's no way they have a helicopter. Um, also, the, the cops 
are not just doing endless paperwork while the FBI and military take over because one of their own is dead from an accident in said chopper. And also they've all defied the hold your fire about a thousand times at this point in the film. Yeah. Um, And then... Ultimately, despite the fact that I feel the cops are sort of drawn as the villain in this movie and Rambo the hero, he, like, straight up murdered innocent people at the end of the day, and then he's, like, taken out calmly with his hands cuffed in the front. This just doesn't make any sense. Nobody acts like this in real life. And I can suspend a little bit of disbelief for a fun action movie, but there was just way too many moments like that. Did he actually kill anyone, though, other than... Like maimed people, regardless. Like (laughs) I thought, most of the actual deaths were either accidental or friendly fire. Mm -hmm. True. They were all. They were all. Any time that he took someone out, it was because they drew first blood. And I think (laughs) Stallone was pretty like uh, adamant that um, that the character not ever act first. um, Mm. You know. Even if you look at it that way, though, people have been maimed and all of it could have been avoided if he turned himself in, like, immediately. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't make sense to me that he wouldn't be, like, handcuffed in the back, possibly restrained all the way, like, legs, arms. But he's an extraordinary individual. (laughs) And, like, that makes him, uh, you know, a a kind of larger-than-life character. And... You've, if you think Rambo's gonna go quiet ever, <laughs> he kind of did go quiet at the end because of Troutman, who he was, you know, as a as a design killer, he was also designed to follow orders from his troop leader, i.e., the colonel. So, you know, I, I think that's why at the end we like all of the, um, you know, the stubbornness and the brutality of men in this movie, you know, all comes to a head, you know, uh, because, uh, um, uh, I can't remember the sheriff's name, Teasel, I think it is. Um, the sheriff... Forgettable character, refuse- so. <laughs> well, he, I, they I just keep calling him the sheriff. It's Teasel. They, it's teasel. they just teasel. keep teasel. calling him the sheriff, that's what. But anyways, the sheriff <laughs> won't, won't, like, let it go, you know, right. and, and let Troutman or, uh, or the National Guard or whatever mm-hmm. deal with it. Well, what's his priority, right? Is it to protect his men, or is it to it, like, or to like it, save it face? It feels way more personal than that. Like, you think so? Um, yeah. I feel like he doesn't behave in a responsible manner through the majority of the film. He clearly doesn't have any control over his men. Hold your fire. They're both incompetent and like they don't follow orders. Like it's just. It's and and again that comes back to my problem where like so much of the conflict feels so manufactured that not only, you know, do the cops, you know, rough him up until the point where he has flashbacks and snaps, but you know, even when he uh comes out kind of with his hands raised and says I didn't do anything, like they manufacture like more fire. Like they're just every time they need Rambo to snap more they just have someone go against orders right. to fire on him again. So there's all these moments where it could have been diffused and um, in maybe someone else's hands, I would have bought like that escalation of violence. But it just felt like every time 
there was a chance that they might have de-escalated it. Someone did something just mm-hmm. like blatantly stupid in order to maintain right. like the need for more action. Did we ever even get an explanation as to why he's so mad that he's in the town in the first place? Like it well, seems yeah. so random. That's frustrating because in the book they do motivate that because the sheriff is a veteran of the Korean War mm-hmm. and he sees all people who come from Vietnam as these um, as kind of like. He never got any credit or any gratification. These guys are, even though they're coming back as villains sometimes, they're still getting a lot more attention. And, and so he feels, he instills that as the as the law, mm-hmm. as the law person who like, you know, yeah. keeps the peace. He instills that in, in his men a little bit. So I think that kind of got left out. Well, sure. I have two two points on that. I think that the um, the the stubbornness and the, like, the almost unbelievable amount that the law keeps pushing Rambo, you know, yada, 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 is, uh, is like a reflection of the frustration of the writer and the story and the person telling the story. Um, it's not the end all commentary on post Vietnam. It's not the end all commentary on law enforcement in America. Right. Uh, it's, it's one writer's opinion. And, um, and then secondly, the the motivation of the sheriff, um, be it maybe not that strong, is just that like he believes that he is the law because he's the he's the top dog in a small pond, um, or a big fish in a small pond. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was a very good top swimmer. <laughs> Michael Scott moment right there. <laughs> but uh, uh, you know, and and so he feels disrespected, mm-hmm. and you know he will do whatever it takes to like whatever keep the peace in this like small town obviously backfires yeah, um, yeah he does a bang up job of that <laughs> yeah. well, nobody's terrified at all in this, no. in this town <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about the legacy of this movie a little yeah. bit as it's gone beyond you know as, as there's sequels uh, there's like five sequels with the new one right yeah, this is technically like the sixth one Last Blood. So uh, I, yeah. I have things to say about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally do not believe in um, condemning a work for the the actions that either it spawns or like the sequels that come after it. But seeing as Sylvester Stallone has had such tight control over this character for most of its history, I do feel that some of the blame like falls retroactively on First Blood and. By that, what I mean is that while I think First Blood has a lot to say about the treatment of war veterans and there are certain things about um, the portrayal, the psychological portrayal of these characters and the way that it kind of highlights sort of the, 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 the fact that, you know, we made these men into killing machines um, and then to treat them uh, like anything else is a mistake and and also lacks compassion. I do feel that all of the lessons of the film get negated when you make a series of five more films that are about how cool it is that Rambo can blow shit up. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. And even if that's not necessarily what this movie is about, the fact that that is the takeaway for the people making the subsequent films and Sylvester Stallone and the people who like these movies or even this first movie because it is cool, um, I think that speaks to a failure on the part of this movie to really bring that point home that this is not a good thing. This thing that we have created, this thing that we have built is not to be celebrated. This is a thing to be um, to be considered very carefully. Uh, so I feel like there are certain lessons to be had from First Blood and, and yet they are 
twisted into their own opposite by the very people who whose job it was to maintain the legacy of this character. So in retroactively, that makes me feel like there's something missing from First Blood mm -hmm. um, in terms of, of those lessons. Because otherwise, it's just a movie about toxic masculinity. Um, and and I think that while it could be more than that, the fact of, of what Rambo means in our society uh, speaks to a fundamental misunderstanding of that, if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a movie about toxic masculinity in the end, and uh, mm -hmm. and you know, I wish I, I do wish I was more versed in the in the sequels. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen any of them. I do know that they definitely don't move as well as this movie does in terms of like pacing and. Well, I mean, essentially, my understanding um, from what I've seen is that he gets basically sent back out yeah. to do what he does best, and the end of of First Blood ends with this message of, of, you know, his breakdown where he's like, you know, what am I for? What do I do? You made me into this. And, and now I can't function in this society. And the solution posited by the rest of the films is like, I guess you could go kill more people. And that just feels gross, really problematic. Mm. And I know there's even, and I haven't, um, I think it's the, in the third one where there's even people in the film who, uh, get really upset because he takes out a whole boatload of pirates, um, you know, because they, you know, he knows or he knows that they were going to like rape and murder all of them or whatever. And so he took them out first and everyone's disturbed by it. But, you know, he feels justified because he knows these people. And I just, there's stuff like that that just makes it feel like ending that first movie on that note of like, this is a problem that society has caused and then sort of celebrating that problem in the subsequent films mm -hmm. feels pretty icky. Well, so I think that what happened is there is a shift in where they chose to um, take the character of Rambo and what they chose to have be the messages of the movies, which um, ha I think has a lot to do with, like, you know, uh, PAWMIA's, like, um, and people wondering if there are, you know, still 10 years after the Vietnam War, we're still... POWs who were alive there, um, and they they did take yeah they did take Rambo in, in a very different direction I think for the for the rest. But if you separate this movie like, and if we are just talking about this movie, uh, I think it from beginning to end as as one piece and not in the Rambo series is a success. I will say as someone who has only watched this first movie and just this week for this podcast saw this first movie when we're talking about legacy as much as I would like to pretend that those other movies don't exist they do in like the social sphere so even though I had never seen this movie I had ideas about what it was going to be because mm -hmm. of who that character is now and who that character is in, and the in way pop people culture talk about him. and the way yeah. that people talk about him. And so what I was expecting of this movie was not what I got at all. I thought I, I thought I knew what I was in for. And and in the most part I would say it was a positive difference, but again, because of, of that legacy that we can't erase as much as we want to, anybody who's coming new to the series is going to see Rambo as a badass killing machine and not like and that that's a cool. That, and that that's yeah. cool, and not like yeah. a tortured soul. And and because all of that 
is kind of thrown into that very last scene, I didn't have time to recover from the fact that this movie was not what I thought it was because it's all just thrown in at the end. I didn't get a lot of it. There's like the two flashback scenes at the very beginning and that's the only indication that this might have a different message than what I expected. There was even a, a review of the original novel when it came out that coined the term carnography, which I just need to put in there mm. because I think it's such a great word. It's a what, what does that word mean? It's it's carnage pornography oh. is it portmanteau so mm. even the original novel um got flack for for this idea that um you know it was about glorying in you know the destruction Gruesomeness and, and and i think that there are ways to ride that line and make movies about the costs of war and make movies that are violent in a that the violence is a means to an end to talk about violence. Um, but I think it's very difficult. And yeah. I think that there is evidence, given the cultural idea of who Rambo is and the evidence of like just Stallone making these subsequent movies, there's evidence that the takeaway from this movie was not the what a cost of war this is and what a, what a tortured soul. The takeaway was let's watch him like kill more people. Um, and I think that while I agree, like I said originally, I don't usually want to blame the original for that thing. When the people involved in that original are the ones who spin it into this other thing, it kind of leaves it a retroactive bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean, uh, so many points you were making kind of open up a much like a way larger discussion that we can't <laughs> that we can't really get into, which mm. is about like violence in movies, sure. what it means when it's used, is it okay or not? It <laughs> doesn't have to be backed by a almost moral message or like be saying something with the violence. Now, all that aside, <laughs> like we could start a whole other podcast on that. Um, I, I don't know if it's okay to diverge for a second, but like what I find interesting is that um, if you look at like the Rocky series, I think that Stallone did kind of the same thing. The first Rocky's so much different than the rest yeah. of them. And I, do, I find it interesting, if nothing else, uh, that like he played both those characters over many years yeah. and how they changed and what they meant to society changed. And, um, and just looking at both those things as a whole, there are things that uh, people like... There are different things that people like about Rambo. So there are different versions of Rambo that people like, right? So mm -hmm. people might like the first one more because it is more commentary, like social commentary or something like that. Um, and and then, uh, like, just total meatheads who want to see shit blown up. Uh, and I feel the same way about uh, Rocky. It's like people just want to see the fight or whatever, or people want to see the triumphant... Um, uh, workout montage <laughs> but if you know in my case i i love the the romance of the first one um so it perhaps that's intentional perhaps it's to gain mass appeal for both characters that that they change as the culture changes over time i you know i feel like both characters get less flawed in a way um and and almost unrealistically good at what they do in a, in a way that like, you know, the original Rambo is clearly having problems adjusting to society and, you know, he is struggling and the original Rocky, you know, he's not, he doesn't even win the match. 
Right. right. So spoiler. There's. Well, are we not spoiling? <laughs> we're already, now? And we yeah. Um, yeah. So, so so yeah. I mean, you do have two stories of of more or less sympathetic underdogs who are flawed and um, who are very compelling to watch. But I do have to wonder when the same person is responsible for turning both of those characters into somebody who is kind of unkillable or unbeatable and starts to say all these other things. You know, it makes me wonder about my interpretation of the original version of it. Sure. When the later interpretation by the same person is so different, mm-hmm. you think, oh, mm-hmm. well, was what I saw in Rocky and Rambo, was I wrong about that? Because the same guy is telling me he's a totally different person. Well, yeah, I mean, the, but I feel like Rocky and First Blood are like a foot, are each a foot in the door for um, introducing these characters. And then as they became cultural icons, they what they represented changed to the culture and uh and as what they represented changed so did the characters themselves uh i i mean i just don't know if that's like if that's such a bad thing i'd like you know i mean or or if it is or if it makes the original um concept of the character or you know motivations or ideas of the original character um like untrue then henceforth like you know yeah it's almost as it to me, it almost seems like Sylvester Stallone was like holding a tight grip on these characters in mm-hmm. order to like keep it so that he could have control over a certain way. Do you think that like? Well, he has a man changed too, you that's know, true. like over that's you know over the years. So, and uh, anytime you see someone who has like a very singular vision, continue to realize that vision, like it's going to change with who they are. I mean, you see it with like musicians a lot, for instance, like if a if a person is a solo artist, they have like an entire say on what their sound is going to be, and it might be very, very different twenty years from when they started. I mean, I also think that people, you know, when you start out, and like especially with Rocky, like when you're struggling more, you tell different stories, and I think that sometimes people allow those characters to be a little more flawed when you know it's a lot harder to be Sylvester Stallone after twenty years of stardom, making a movie where your character is an underdog. Or where, you know, and so, um, and I don't know exactly where I'm going with that, except that, um, yeah, I mean, sometimes people change, but honestly, I think that those changes aren't always great because, like, the and you see this with directors as well, like, when you have to collaborate and struggle, a lot of times the work that you put out is more nuanced and more mm. interesting as opposed to being given like free reign because like, oh, I've made it and now I don't have to, I'm not accountable to anyone. And then you and start then to make no things that are, there's just, you're just kind of untouchable. And, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I really do feel like, like for me, um, my experience of this movie is sullied by like kind of the subsequent like changes to that legacy. We will see. We will definitely see in in like in Last Blood how. <laughs> I mean, I just I'm so curious now to like know what what Rambo is portrayed as in that movie because in terms of uh, Rocky, not to like talk about Rocky too much, but <laughs> uh, but I mean after five, Stallone was like, I thought that was a bad movie, and I like <laughs> I I agree. I was totally checked out when we were making that movie, and that's you know famously the the least favorite. And then we come back with Rocky Balboa, uh, and, which is like a weird, like... I actually kind of liked Rocky Balboa. It's so weird. It's, it's so, so much weird. different than the rest of them. But then he passes it off to like a new... Yeah. He gives, he gives the character of Creed away and says, like, 
and gifts that. And he's in the movies, but he's not the central character. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I do, I almost like wish he would do that with, with Rambo, but yeah, like Maybe I said. Maybe that's what's going to happen in Last Blood. Mm, who knows? <laughs> Maybe. We'll have to find out. Uh, roasters, uh, I think that's about everything that we had. Were there any lingering points we hadn't made yet? I mean, I think the only other thing I would say is, and I've, I said it kind of earlier, I think that the final scene is actually very impactful and that um, had we give, been given more clues throughout the beginning of the movie, that might have been really great, but I did have to watch this movie with captions and I just, I don't really understand Sylvester Stallone a lot of the time, especially <laughs> when he's like crying and yeah, screaming and emotional and um, I'm glad I watched it on captions because I, that just like, got me so I, I, I it might be an easy thing to roast but i think that like your impression at the top of the show mm-hmm. is uh there, that's also something that i will always remember about any movie that he is in is that he has an interesting cadence and mm-hmm. <laughs> <Counter>. <laughs> um well very good uh it's it's we're at time to unmask so yeah. we, can, we can do so let's talk about how we really feel rob you can go first uh, yeah, I mean, I watched this movie with my dad when I was, like, 13 or something, mm. you know, and came of age, and, um, and, uh, I, I always just, I, I don't really, like, I, I love this movie, um, just, I never really had to think about it that hard. <laughs> so, I think anytime we do one of these podcasts where it's like, oh, yeah, I'll fucking talk about that movie, I love that movie, and then you watch it, and you're like, and then you find out that Casey and Pepper are going to be on this episode. <laughs> it's like, oh, here we fucking go. So I got a lot of explaining to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'll watch it again. It's it's just mm-hmm. going to be one of those movies I throw on. And, you know, um, it's, I, I find it very watchable. I know uh, that not everyone... I, I actually found it really interesting that the, when I, I read, uh, you know, just kind of browsing the Wikipedia as I was re- watching it, I, did, I had no idea about the three-hour mm-hmm. cut thing until I read that, and I was like... Wow, like uh, I think that maybe speaks more to um, how bad the editor was, and not how bad the other filmmakers <laughs> yeah, were. That's possibly it. yeah. Totally. So like I think that like uh, Stallone saying like I'm I'm gonna buy this movie and bury it if this is the way it comes out because like this is not <laughs> this is not good. Like um, that he yeah whoever the ne- the next editor that was hired did a great job. I think it turned yeah. out yeah, yeah. It, it flows well. Hmm. Chris, um, I uh, I found. Mm. (laughs) I thought Stallone was great I loved him in this movie Um, I love the last scene I think it is fantastic Um, I really do regret what has happened to this movie and this character in the culture because I honestly thought Rambo was just like the guy with like the the red headband and the bandoliers just shooting everything up like indiscriminately and um, it's really too bad because I think this movie is is well made and has really important things to say, like not deep things, but this is an important message and this is an important thing to think about. And um, it's too bad to me that that I feel like it's it has been sullied because I think this is a totally solid film. Hmm. I agree with that as well. Casey. Yeah, pretty much everything you said. Like I, like I said, I was not given what I was expected to be given in this movie and I really, enjoyed it more than I thought I would as someone who that's not particularly my genre to start with. That's not particularly my leading man to start with. Um, I also thought he was great. And in that final scene, I like teared up and, 
and I got what the movie was trying to say and as you said it just it I never would have watched this movie if it weren't for this podcast telling me like you're gonna watch this movie so (laughs) I like because it just did it wasn't something that intrigued me at all because of where that character has gone I also watched this movie for the first time this week yeah this is the first time I've seen this movie yeah yeah Yeah. I think yeah I think I'm I'm in the same boat as you guys and so I think that having that um that last scene especially but having this movie kind of hit you with something that was real and I think we can all agree that you know trauma has impacted our lives in some way and so Mm -hmm. like to see it in the 80s represented with him Stallone Rocky is Mm -hmm. was super important I think and that's why I really like this movie um, I thought that Brian Dennehy was great. I, I love that, Brian I Dennehy. Thought that the, I thought yeah. there was some good support. I had there was some great little moments <laughs> on the cops that I was like, okay, it's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> um, so I think that, yeah, and we, I mean, we'll probably talk about a lot, but like that idea of like this one thing, you have an idea and it just morphs beyond your control or beyond, like society takes it and just not ruins it but just it it just completely becomes its own thing beyond what it was before and it's so it's something that happens all the time whether or not it's our expectations as an audience of what we want to see right and or like what or how much control once once a studio has grabs hold of something it's sometimes it's over you know which is really unfortunate and you see that with a bunch of different franchises so yeah it's really interesting i take for granted a lot that like people don't uh, like that, the that the uh, starting level of of learning about Rocky and Rambo isn't the first movies because yeah. I I just take that for granted because I love I watched Rocky I think when I was like eighteen and mm-hmm. fell in love with that movie because it was, you know like I was like oh shit this is yeah. really good mm-hmm. and then same thing with Rambo I just like I didn't really realize that people only see it as a meathead thing right. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's so much new, yeah. more nuance in that in First Blood in, than there yeah. is in the other movies. And I think that it's it makes me hopeful for Last Blood, especially in the time where we are now. And right. the fact that he's worked with Coogler to make Creed and, and that had a lot of nuance and something that was also kind of morphed out. I think I'm hopeful that something will happen. Well, yeah, because we talked about how, you know, when the creators are growing and changing that things will grow and change. And clearly, Sylvester Stallone's at a different phase in his life right now. It's mm-hmm. like an quote-unquote old man you mm-hmm. know and maybe that's what we're gonna get out of last blood is like the yeah. the swan song and the the change that we got from creed i hope so i hope so too <laughs> I'm, I'm i am hopeful robert uh just checking who's directing last blood <laughs> adrian adrian grunberg grunberg known for directing and co-writing get the gringo <laughs> um, <Wow>. sure <laughs> do not know what that is daniel oyelowo Oh yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I um, I agree with pretty much everyone's sentiment that it's a shame that kind of the message gets a little drowned out in the noise of gunfire as the <laughs> series goes on. But um, but I don't. I think this one. I think that last scene kind of like makes the mm-hmm. movie like without yeah. that breakdown. Absolutely. Like, it's it's enough to have him have the flashbacks in the police station, but I think that really was just like no, that's this is what this movie is about is yep. mm-hmm. war yeah. trauma. Um, I uh, hate all the cops, mm-hmm. and there's so many li- like immediately they're just like he uh, he he got out. We're sending everyone into the woods <laughs> with our chopper that to totally kill. exists. Just like man, Hope Washington flush with public police <laughs> funds. <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think there's a lot of logic leaps that kind of make the movie worse. But in general, like, I don't know. The, the, I think the core idea of it is, is a good one. And I don't know. I'm curious to see him rescue his niece in Last Blood. Or not rescue her. That's what the premise is. Oh, okay. It's taken. <laughs> but um, Or Logan. We're not sure. Correct. We don't know. It seems like Logan, too. Yeah. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't know. I liked it. I haven't watched it in a really long time, too. So I kind of forgot some of the, a lot of the beats. I forgot about him crawling around in the cave. Mm. And uh, The rats. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, man. There's a lot of rats. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah. Um, that's all. I, that's all I have to say before we go to the extended play. But um, but yeah, everybody, uh, that'll do it for for this episode. Thank you all for being here. And um, if you have thoughts about First Blood, Rambo, any of the other movies, um, you can email us at twenty four flamespod at gmail You can hit us up on social media at twenty four flamespod. If you want to listen to our extended play, we're gonna keep talking after this or any of our other bonus stuff that we. Uh, do just for our Patreon, you can find it at patreon.com slash 24flamespod and help support the show. And uh, we really appreciate it. And wherever you listen to podcasts, go leave a rating and review. Subscribe so you can get all the rest of the episodes too. And yeah, check out. Thank you for listening and uh, keep checking it out. Um, you, when is that story slam? Uh, the 20th, Friday the 20th. Okay, so that's yeah. next week. So um, yeah. that's pluggable. Yeah, so uh, I will be producing the Moth Story Slam on Friday the 20th at Bloedel Hall, which is located in St. Mark's Cathedral. Uh, show starts at 8, doors at 7, and the theme is Neighborhoods. Ooh, nice. Uh, what neighborhood do you live in? Eastlake. Eastlake. Yeah. Barn Grill. Barn Grill. <laughs> we call it e-bag, where I come oh. from. <laughs> the electronic bag. Because <laughs> we're too lazy to say the whole name. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 never mind. we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have so many questions. You want to talk about Funhouse? Oh my God. If you're in the Seattle area and are interested in cool, subversive theater, then you got to come see Funhouse. Funhouse 5 is premiering on the ni- on September 19th and is running for two consecutive weekends. And it is at the Annex Theater in Capitol Hill. Please come through. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Self-described as content for weirdos. So. It's so good. It's, yeah. it's, oh, it's really, I relate really to that. good. There you yeah. go. I'm a weirdo. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I'm, I'm interested. And I don't care, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, Rob uh, was working on the sound design for it, too. So everybody is kind of all mingling. We're all meshed up yeah. in there. It's great. Um, but, but yeah, everybody, uh, thank you for listening. We will uh, catch you next week as we start into horror season, uh, oh, starting shit. with our co-host Katie Bennett's birthday episode. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about Scream next week. So uh, come back for that. And stick around. Our horror episodes are great. They're all about zombies this year. Oh, yeah. Um, Scream, not included. But it's like, <laughs> it's like a horror appetizer for the rest of the yeah. month. Um, but, yeah, everybody, we'll catch you then after or for next week's episode. So thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Fish media.